Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. And welcome to Paper Movies. I know that's a little early, guys, but the uh, roadcaster started ahead of uh, (laughs) when we hit live on the video. So it still caught my voice. So it gives you an excuse to download us on Apple Music, Spotify, and Google Play Music. I'm your host today, Jeremy at Stupid Chainsaw Productions. And with me, I have Matthew, the Geek Static, and Adam. I don't know. Do you want to give your announcement about your channel? Uh, I'm going to post a video about that soon. So Okay. We'll just tease. The, the, uh, the- uh, there'll be changes. Yeah, there'll be changes to my channel coming soon that I'll be posting in a video. So, oh, See, I don't know why. I just keep waving and nodding my head. Like that's going to be very beneficial for the uh, podcast. <laughs> it's, it's all right. We have other people talking. Um, hello. Today we're talking about my pick, which is Halloween 2018 by. What is it, John? John Passarella. Thank you, because I don't have a copy. I listened to the very decent audiobook. I did too. <laughs> okay. Not, not going to lie, I didn't read the book. I listened to it as well. But I do have a copy. <laughs> this is the first. We all joined that audible crowd. Yep. Um, yeah, I started. I started late, so I was like, there's no way I'm going to finish reading this, so I'm going to have to listen to it. I started a day before I went on vacation and I was determined to finish it that day before I went on vacation. So (laughs) I literally listened to it within like, I finished it within 24 hours. (laughs) Well, I have a feeling Jeremy froze. Uh Uh-oh. Did he freeze? Did the host of today's episode freeze? Yeah, because he's kind of staring me down there. That's fantastic. Let's remove and then add him back to the stream. <laughs> and he's gone. Wow, guys, this is a first for the uh, paper movies. I'm not the one move. that gets killed this time, yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's not cool. Uh, let's just wait a second, guys. I'm sure that ruined the whole podcast bit for uh, Jeremy. <laughs> But we're going to wait a second and have him come back in any any second now. Um, and then we'll get to our thoughts. But, hey, you know, while we have this opportunity, stick around uh, through this entire stream because this stream we are going to um, let the rest of the club ask questions, give their thoughts. We want to hear your feedback for 
uh, Halloween 2018. So we this, have Jeremy back. This Welcome is back, going Jeremy. to be it on my end. Um, I think I'm just going to have to snag your video and <laughs> download the audio that way. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Something. I just let everybody right know that uh, after our discussion, we're going to turn it over to the club members and have uh, go over their thoughts and their questions and have a nice little chat with them about Halloween 2018. Fantastic. So I'm now here to tonight. Nope. I think he froze again. And he's gone once again. Wow. <laughs> uh oh. Let's just let's just take a second here and uh Jeremy, are you with it? I'm going to lose I can't even say what I'm going to lose on here, or else we'll get an explicit tag. But I'm very angry right now. Very angry. Okay. Let me try to do a synopsis one last time. So it's been 40 years since the babysitter murders happened via Michael Myers in 1978, escaping from the insane asylum and hunting down Laurie Strode's friends. Uh, some podcaster has-beens are trying to do this big true crime episode, and um, they go and visit Michael, and they hold up his mask and scream at him, and nothing happens except for everyone freaks out. We meet Michael's current doctor, uh, Dr. Sartain, because Michael is getting transferred to an even more maximum security, like insane penitentiary thing. Right. Uh, not being held at Smith's Grove anymore. Meanwhile, Laurie Strode is kind of become a recluse. Um, a sort of, what's, what's a good word for it? Like a hermit. Hermit, uh, NRA dream. <laughs> being a crazy person uh, we also meet her daughter Karen and her husband and her daughter Allison who's our new protagonist for this film kind of sort of and she's on honor roll she has friends that I don't understand why they're her friends yeah, I don't know and a boyfriend who's like the bad boy in school and his friend, who's the comic relief, that's not always funny. Yeah, obnoxious. And, yeah. of course, Michael Myers escapes again and starts hunting people. But what do you expect when you're going to be, oh, let's transfer him to the more maximum security with the least um, secure way of transportation? Yeah, I know. It's just also it's just like, well, let's just transfer a dangerous serial killer who can't seem to die out of here. <laughs> right. Might as well. It's like, hey, guys, everybody grab a hold of this rope. We're going to walk. OK. <laughs> it's basically what it's like. Uh, so, oh, man, what uh, did you guys think of the book? I have did you enjoy it. Um, I'll go last. OK. Honestly, I thought it was good. I'm going to say I was able to keep my attention with it. it. I didn't find it boring at all. Um, it, I kind of felt like, what's the, I'm trying to think of the way of phrasing this. I found it more engaging than the actual movie. I, would, I haven't seen the movie. I would disagree with you. 
Disagree. Oh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but, uh, Matthew. So I thought the book was enjoyable. I thought it was a quick, um, like I said, I, I did the audio book, but it was like a quick listen. So if I did read the book, I'm sure it would have been a quick read. Um, yeah, there was a lot of tacky stuff in it, of course. It's a horror, all horror movies have cheesy things in them. And when you put them in a book, it's still cheesy, uh, which we'll get into some of that stuff, like the climax. There were some things in there that I had some real issues with that I just, I was like, wait a second. This is the the lady that's been training for years for something that's going to happen. And she completely blows it. Uh, doesn't follow through with her training at all. It's just, some of the stuff was just dumb. But um, like, you know, the other stuff with uh, the podcasters, like you said, like show up to, oh, we're going to do some little in-depth uh, mind searching of Michael Myers. So they wave his mask in his face, thinking that that's going to be a good idea. I mean, you don't think that that's going to just like bring up some, some crazy yeah. memories, some P- PTSD maybe that tri- pull that trigger in his mind to, oh, it literally freaks everyone out around them. Yeah. Which yeah. was a kind of a, com- I kind of chuckled at that too. Well, Cause it was like you're reading it. You're not seeing it. It's a better scene visually. Okay. Cause when, yeah. I'm, when yeah. I'm, when I'm reading it, I'm visualizing like caged monkeys, like, Oh, this one got a, a banana and all the other ones start freaking out around him, you know, like pulling on their cages and stuff. I'm like over a mask. Like how do any of these crazy people know what this mask means. Now, I was going to say, though, going back to what I said, I uh, the last part of the film, uh, of the book, like where the, the showdown, I know that we're going to get to that later. I was just wanting to point out that that part I actually enjoyed in the movie better than the book. So yes, I'll second yeah. that. Um, so I'll jump in. So I really wanted to see this movie when it came out because I've never seen a Halloween movie on the big screen. Unfortunately, my house burned down when this movie came out and I didn't get to see it, but I had the audiobook. So this is what I listened to while I was homeless. So it, it was a nice escapism. So I've, I've read this twice now. Um, I enjoy this book, but it has some big flaws. Yeah. Um, the first one being that there's a lot of references in Halloween 2018 that pay homage to the whole series, even though it reboots it as like Halloween 2. Yeah, like I remember like early in both the book and the film, they were talk like asking, like, aren't Michael Myers and Laurie Strode siblings? And they're like, no, that's just a stupid rumor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's the real dumb one for the audience. Mm-hmm. There are other ones. They reference one in the book, and it's my. I really I chuckled. There's uh, Laurie Strode tells these three trick or treaters to run away. One's wearing a witch mask, one's wearing a pumpkin mask, and another one's wearing a skull mask. Those are the masks from Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. The one that turned the kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I picked that up. I, there was reference when that was mentioned. I was like, uh, I know what they're doing there. Um, the guy who, when uh, my favorite kill happens with the wrought iron fence. Oscar is like talking to what he thinks is uh, I can't remember the neighbor's name, but that's oh, the name of uh, the guy, the uh, last name of the couple that Michael steals the knife from in Halloween two. And there's little nods like that throughout. Yeah. There's also one that I think was in, I remember hearing that was in one of the earlier novelizations. Of course, those are really hard to find, uh, but it's the line that, you know, Michael Myers does know how to speak. He just chooses not to. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, that's brought up in Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, it is? In, Halloween, in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, Michael Myers screams, Die! And stabs <laughs> Lubis. And it's supposed to be, like, scary, but it turns out to be really funny. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Also, uh, that's the, the movie where, Rob, uh, where Michael Myers looks remarkably like a gigantic Rob Zombie. Interesting. Now, um, there's also... Oh wait, uh, I don't know if I should say this part because Matthew hasn't seen it. So because you can only see it in the film. I don't care. Oh well, okay. You remember at the end of the first Halloween where uh, Laurie Strode looks out the window to see Michael's corpse that fell out the window, but he's gone. Mm-hmm. They do that in the film, except reverse. Yeah, there's a lot of reversing where Laurie Strode is. Uh, like... Little Easter eggs, callbacks, and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's done smarter than it was in Halloween H two O. Okay. But this is a paper movie. We got to talk about the book and the yeah. Uh, yeah. the embarrassing dialogue of the kids. Oh, man. Yeah. Bad. It's the one big glaring flaw in this book. Even though this book's pretty good with its atmosphere, it's so 2018. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. This movie is, it, it, and this is the problem with the movie, too. These go hand in hand. It wants to be timeless, but its dialogue is so of the late 2010s. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, they also, the, the, the technology part of it, too, always dates a move for me. Like, yeah. It's talking about, oh, the nacho cheese spilled into the microphone of her cell phone. You're like, okay, so. It'll be, it'll be dated in five years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what um, phone they used in the movie. I don't care. But it's just, yeah, you, you got to somehow get away from that stuff to make a movie or a story continue on for uh, many generations to enjoy in my opinion but, most, uh, mostly let's let's name some good here because we're starting to bag on this book and this book doesn't necessarily deserve to be completely bagged on okay well uh-huh. you know it's a good thing that they did really pushed a lot on was making sure that everybody understood that Michael was a shape he was more yeah. than yeah, just a man. He was a shadow, a figure that just won't quit. Nothing can stop this guy. Yeah, I have a note about that, and I was saying that, like, I loved how they always refer to him as the shape because uh, they've often mentioned it, like, as Jeremy's saying, like, they make references to, like, uh, the film series, like, where Michael Myers is, like, the embodiment of evil, and, mm-hmm. like, by calling him the shape, I just, like, I wrote down that remute removes all the humanity from him mm-hmm. and it complete uh, completely labels him as like a like a an evil force of nature um yeah. and to piggyback off of that in mid midway through the book michael myers is just going around killing random people and that to me is truly terrifying it's the it's the first time since the original where you have that dread because the problem with the sequels and i understand why they they got rid of them is that he's Laurie Strode's brother. Right. And it's hampered by that. And yeah, that the connection just has Carpenter to be with John Carpenter didn't know what to do with a Halloween 2, and he had to write a script for it. And uh, what we got is uh, a convoluted brother-sister plot that's a ripoff of Friday the 13th, which Friday the 13th is a ripoff of Halloween. <laughs> the, uh, the irony there. Um, but 
I will say there are a few things in this book that I think are better than the movie. Number one, when the dad and the kid in the pickup truck that find all the mental patients wandering around, their dialogue in the book feels like father-son talk when father and son don't quite understand one another, but they're trying. Whereas in the movie, it's contrived 2010s BS. Yeah, yeah really. Um, they changed it in the book. Yeah, it also... probably goes to show that, like, on set, they were probably like, you know, it was, was probably probably from the studio. Yeah. Yeah, I was also gonna say that um, they made Cameron, uh, which is Allison. Yeah, Allison's her Laura Strode's granddaughter. Uh, they made him more of a bad boy type in the book than they did in the film, like. Um, you know, well, he's more flushed out in the book, and they they give him a backstory, and like there's, and there's like abuse and stuff. You don't get that in the movie. He's just a one dimensional jerk. Yeah, and there's like this whole scene where he gets into this big confrontation with the police and everything, and running his mouth off at him, and you know, like you don't see that at all in the film. No, uh, yeah. which is a shame. It's a good scene for Cameron. Um, I was I, honestly, I was pretty bored through the whole um, kid stuff. Honestly, yeah. Except for <laughs> I do enjoy Julian, the little kid that's being babysat. Really hilarious. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty good too. Although like, most of his, boogeyman. most of his dialogue in the movie is different because it's ad libbed by the child mm-hmm. and it's even funnier. It's not how a child speaks, which makes it just wonderful yeah the, the kid was so calm really in the book he was like there's a boogeyman in my closet he dropped yeah, i swear the- he drops an f-bomb in the movie really i was also gonna say they actually included a scene in the book that was supposed to be a deleted scene in the film and that was like the two podcasters like they're actually like in a relationship and oh that's right that's not in they the- uh yeah they try to pull off this like psycho-ish type scene where um the guy like peeks in on the girl in the shower and he's wearing Michael Myers' mask, and, you know? Yeah, yeah. And to me, that kind of strikes as a sort of nod to Rob Zombie's Halloween because Michael's sister and her boyfriend, her boyfriend's the one with the, the Captain Kirk, like Mike Myers' mask. Mike Myers, you know, the, the love guru. So it's a mask of him, obviously. <laughs> uh, no, um, he has the he has the Michael Myers mask on, and he wants to have sex with her. That's like a scene in Rob Zombie's movie, and everyone's talking, and the Rob Zombie offensive dialogue. Uh, I guess that's like a, a nod to that too, which is yeah. embarrassing. Who is uh, their whole thing? Is they're just the worst characters. They're some so- of the characters but their deaths are so wonderful that's what i was going to ask you guys what was your favorite like death scene oh i can tell you right now the wrought iron fence <laughs> it goes up through the jaw doesn't it stuck there that's my fa- one of my favorite deaths in the whole halloween series is so grotesque wow i'm gonna have to say mine was that that new doctor who laurie strode called the new loomis because oh, yeah. I don't know, that part was just a little weird to me. Like, yeah, it's just that's like in the movie too, and that's I don't know. It's just kind of like 
it just kind of seemed like um, that was a little out of nowhere that, you know, it's just like, you know, he wanted to help Michael his whole life. And now he's just like, oh, I have to see him at his strongest. Like, oh, yeah, that was know, a weird little plot twist thing that I didn't yeah, understand. It's, it's, it's a stupid a, plot twist. It is just so uh, Jamie Lee Curtis can fight Michael Myers. Yeah, didn't, the, didn't, the, didn't the doctor, he killed a guy, right? Yeah, he killed, he killed yeah. the yeah. deputy. Right. Yeah, it was like, wait, what? Why did you do that? And then he and put then, Michael Myers' mask on. It yeah, looks like a weird, weird like thing that he's always wanted to like. Oh, I gotta feel what it's like to be this. It's a weird, weird thing. I didn't, I didn't like that little twist. I, yeah, I it just it reminded me so much of like some of the late Universal Studios '40s movies, like where there's like this mad scientist that swears he's going to, you know you know, depower the Frankenstein monster, but instead he gets obsessed with wanting to see it at its full power and then just revives it. <laughs> and it's just, I will say though that I like the dialogue between uh, the new Loomis and uh, the deputy because like the, like uh, the new, I can't remember the doctor's name. What was his name again? It escapes me. Um, that's it. Yeah. Sartain was just like, he was actually like threatening to, sue the deputy or something just like if you hurt michael myers i will hold you to the fullest extent of the law and i'm just like so it's like dude michael myers is a freaking serial killer he will kill you in an yeah. instant and you're it, it will, it just, yeah he says that stuff and then he just winds up killing a cop so yeah that part was just kind of a um, little out of nowhere for me and i was just kind of glad that they just michael myers just literally you know stomped on it yeah know, pun intended you know I can't remember. I can't remember the names of the podcasters. To be honest with you, uh, I can look on the IMDb right now. But I think that but I don't care. Their deaths were um, my favorite. Oh, that, they were me, enjoyable. Do what? Those were enjoyable. They were just like because they're just just to me, the it was creepy. People. Yeah, I mean, it's like the dude gets like he's used as a battering ram. <laughs> into the, the into the into the bathroom stalls. So. Yeah, and then he just like <laughs> chunks his body into a trash can. Like wow, ouch! Um, the other the woman's like literally strangled to the point where I think her neck breaks because of how hard she's strangled. Yeah, lift her up. He say like he lift her lifted her up, and the, the guy saw yeah. her like being strangled above the stalls. Mm -hmm. Creepy. Gross. From, not bad from an elderly man. Yeah, I know. Well, the <laughs> that, elderly shape, not a man. Yeah, it's not. How how did you feel about the end? Can I say the thing that bothered me the most about the entire book? Yes. To Go the end. It. She's, you know, got all these mannequins for some stupid reason around her house. Just for, I guess. They, they were cheap. Do to what? shoot. I, yeah. I don't know how they're cheaper to shoot than paper, paper targets, yeah. but that's exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like you, you're afraid this guy, well, you're not afraid anymore, you're just kind of prepared for it. For this guy to come over and you're ready to shoot him, but you have dummies all over the place. So if he does come over, you're kind of gonna get confused at who's who and what's going on around your house, which I think does happen. Uh, when she's like goes up to her bedroom, I think. Uh, but the thing is, when she's down in the basement or the bunker under her kitchen, Mike, Michael's walking across the floor. Okay, so what does she do with her gun? 
she just starts shooting up at her, the ceiling to shoot him through the floor when she had uh -huh. a perfect opportunity earlier whenever she was up by her front door and uh, his arms burst through the window and grab her. Like, instead of just, like, getting free like she did and then turning around, and what did she have? A, was it a three fifty seven? Was that her revolver that she was... Yeah, but I think she shoots his fingers off the 12 gauge. Yeah, well, I thought she did that, like, put it up, like, it shoots, like, by her head or something. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, how it didn't strangle through the door because she, like, tried to cover behind it when it has a window on the front of it. Well, I'm just thinking, like, when she did get free, why didn't she just finish the job? Just go up to the door, just put that shotgun or revolver, whatever she was using at the time, and just blast the dude. Because we wouldn't have the grandmother, mother, and daughter bonding about trying to kill a man. I know. <laughs> they, could have, they could have changed that somehow, but just the whole thing of like, oh, she's trained. She's like all, she's got the armory down there. She knows what she's doing, but she's just shooting up at the freaking ceiling. Come well, on. Make, what makes that worse is that that's just basically like, hey, Michael, bang, bang, we're down here. Yeah, bang, we're down bang, here. Bang. I know. Look, I just made you a peephole. The whole climax gasoline doesn't, down here. doesn't really work. Um, there's some creepy scenes in it with the mannequins <laughs> where they're all brought into a room, <laughs> which yeah. I don't know how Michael had time to do that when he was like bleeding out from his left hand. That makes me that brings up another point, real quick is we have Michael who is messing with the dummies, arranging things, but also. In the first movie, the original movie, did he like decorate bodies and do weird things that you're like, why did he do that? Because he's a psychopath. But did he do that though in the first yeah, original movie? In the original movie. I, mean, I don't remember. It's been a long time. I, I that, said I was going to watch that movie. That's the trope that was brought into all the slasher movies where okay, think, the, yeah. the final girl just finds all their dead friends. Okay. Because I remember uh, saying that I was going to watch the original before I read this didn't get around to it but when he does kill the uh, the babysitter and the boyfriend yeah he, he like make, dresses her up like a ghost or something yeah and he throws a he throws a jack yeah. in the fish tank yeah. and then he hangs up the other uh her boyfriend the stoner who's dave dave that's his name who knocks over the harley yeah uh I can't pick it back up because he's like too stoned and it's a Harley and those are yeah. very hard to pick up. About 800 pounds, I think. Yeah, it was a big bike. Uh, he gets hung up, which this is something they don't have in the movie. He has the date, the Halloween date tattooed on him because he's trying to get with Vicky. <laughs> and, um, you know, that goes really well for them. That was so stupid. So uh, I, characters mainly the, stupid. It caused okay. confusion for the cops, right? It's like, oh, the date. It's the date. So Thank I think you. I just kind of, uh, I just noticed something like, in both the book and in the film, like Lori carries a revolver. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of wondering if that was supposed to be like a Easter egg or nod to Loomis because he carried a revolver with him, and that's what he I, used that to, to shoot Michael Myers. So she has a dumb line I know in the movie where she says revolvers never jam, which is oh, not right. This uh, is not yeah. true, people. No, you can get the timing off in a revolver and it will misfire. Any, any gun that you don't clean will jam. Yep. But I was just curious because I remember Lori uh, 
in the original film saw Loomis, you know, take Michael Myers out the window with a revolver. And I was kind of wondering if that's why she always relied on it more. So that could just be me, like making a really broad connection there. But, <laughs> but could be, could be sure they had, they probably watched the original many, many, many times as they were writing this one. What if instead of the guy falling out of the window, she falls out of the window? <laughs> uh, probably John, watched the original John movie John like, okay. Because, you know, everyone goes to John Carpenter to be like, to ask for his permission to like make Halloween. Well, in the case of this one, he, he did the score. And his sons did the score. Oh, he did. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, God. The, the score for Halloween 2018 is incredible. Yeah, it's I agree. So, so awesome, Synth. I will have to look well, it up then. I was going to well, ask. We've got to uh, have to watch this movie together. Well, I was going to ask, uh, what was you guys' least favorite part of the book? The clunky, it's the same thing with my least favorite part of the movie. The clunky Dr. Sartain killing the police officer and driving Michael Myers to Laurie Strode's house for the, the climax. And they had to do that. Well, there's one thing that kind of redeems it is that Michael doesn't even care that it's Laurie Strode. Like, it, there's no recollection. Right. It that doesn't matter to him, which is the interesting part of this uh, this one compared to, like, all the other Halloween sequels. Um, so... Otherwise, it's, it's dumb. It's so contrived. It doesn't make sense. I, yeah, I agree. It was yeah, just out but, of nowhere. Yeah, I think that that is a pretty good point. That was the thing that confused me the most. It was like, why is this guy doing this now? Is Was there some connection to... Was this guy in the first movie that I didn't remember? But no, it's just some stupid doctor who wants to get his jollies and... They can't he have died. Donald Pleasance back. He died like 25 years ago now. Yeah. Well, and I, it's toss it between that doctor stuff and the trained lady who, you know, Laurie Strode, who's trained for this her entire life since it happened. That just, and she just completely like forgets her training, doesn't know what to do. I want to go down to the basement and start shooting up at the ceiling. Like that drove me crazy. It drove me crazy. And the fact, of course, stabbed in the gut and is still alive at exactly. the end. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm in pain. But then again, I know that when situations go crazy, people are going to, you know, be flustered and not do exactly what they say they're going to do. Mm. It's so, also a horror, it's a slasher movie. Well, it's a novel of a slasher movie. Right. I was going to say uh, what the novel did do that I actually appreciated that the movie did not do is that at the end, when um, they escape the house, you know, the burning house, and they leave Michael there, and they hitch they hitchhike with this uh, guy, they actually talk about how they mourn. They like remembered, oh yeah, uh, my husband Ray, oh, just no, died, and they actually Ray mourn died. them. And in the film, they're just like, oh wait, crap, Ray died. They're like, eh, yeah, no, Ray we got got strangled with a wind chime and got shoved into the top shelf of a closet. Yeah, I forgot Ray, about Ray. Weird. So everybody, apparently, so did everybody else. <laughs> Remember, he was making the uh, mouse traps with peanut butter. Oh, yeah, that was so stupid. There was that scene in the in when he gets over to Lori's house and he's like, "What's that thing?" I was like, "Here comes a little the mouse trap gag again." 
and it was she's like what do you use ray they had i like the conflict between the the mother-in-law and you know the son-in-law i thought that was it, pretty funny, funny. It, 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 if you really look at it because the first time reading this through i'm like why is why is allison's mom married to an idiot and it makes sense that she would rebel and marry the stupidest person in haddonfield yeah Thankfully, their daughter isn't that stupid. She says she even in boys. Which when she showed up to the house, when the daughter Allison showed up to the house, did she even ask where her dad was? Uh, I don't recall. I don't think so. No. It was like, oh, look, it's me, mom, and grandma. Mom, I'm, I'm like trying to. I was. I don't think it even occurred to her because she was trapped in the back of a squad car with Michael Myers. Yeah. But yeah, um final thoughts. Uh I would like to see the movie. I would recommend people read this book if they want to read a horror novel. I think it was decent. Uh mm-hmm. I would like to read the original Halloween novel, but until somebody sends it to me or gives me a buttload of cash to spend on a copy. Uh a PDF copy, yeah. Yeah, a PD co- PDF copy at that. Uh but I, I enjoyed the book. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Like I say, every time I read or watch a horror movie, there's definitely going to be some cheese. And yeah. That's I, um, yeah, I agree. It's very enjoyable to read. Um, the first half is anyway, but when it comes to like the actual showdown, I recommend the film part portion of that. But, and other than that, like, it's like, it's good to read, but like I still did like have that issue with like Sartain just like completely going 180 and being like, ooh, I want to get inside the mind of a serial killer. It's gonna, you know, it's this. Um, and uh, I did enjoy seeing all the alternate scenes or deleted scenes that were included that weren't in the film. You know, with mm-hmm. like uh, Cameron confront confrontation with the police and uh, the reporters or the podcasters. Um, yeah, I, I recommend it. Um, I recommend it. There, there's dialogue that's changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it for the better, some of it for the worse. It's an okay. It's a fast read, and you'll get through it pretty quickly. Even though it's uh, pretty long for a movie novelization. That's yeah, like forty chapters, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I have the page counts over three hundred and fifty pages. Oh wow! This so, is yeah. This is the portion of the stream slash podcast where we give our uh grades on uh on it we'll start with matthew well uh 371 pages just let you guys know uh for my my grade my rating i will have to give it three stars out of five we're switching Uh, stars or C plus. I don't remember what we do here. I just uh, C plus. You usually do grade letter grades, and I do the stars here. Okay, I'll go to my letter grade. C plus. Well, yeah, C plus. The the whole the thing that brings it down for me a lot is the the tacky stuff with the teenagers. Just stupid. Uh, like I was bored. Like I said, I was bored with the teenage stuff the whole time. Uh, the whole nacho cheese in the cell phone was just like ugh, okay, annoying. And the doctor scene and the ending with Laurie Strode just threw me off. And that's what brings it down to a C plus, but the writing style, excellent from uh, John Passarella. Adam. 
I don't know. I'm sincerely, I want to give it like a B minus, but I'm trying to think about all, like I'm trying to be as fair as I possibly can be because like, you know, I think probably B minus for me. I would give it a four and a half out of five. We've okay. read a lot worse on here. Yes, that <laughs> indeed we have. Uh, we've read better, of course, but as far as modern novelizations go, this is the better one we've read. Yeah. Yeah. Out of yeah, this was better. That well, that go, it goes without saying it was better than the Predator. Oh yeah. But it, it, it's a lot better than King of the Monsters. Yeah. That book. I, yeah, I'd say so. I can't remember what I gave that. This was more... Um, Enjoyable. More engaging. Yeah, you, it's like you, you, you want to stick to it and keep turning the pages. So. Is that how you turn pages? By, uh... Like a Game Boy or a yeah. PlayStation controller? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, join us uh, next week when we check out Spider Man. Yeah, it means, means is next week we start reading the next month's book, Spider Man. <laughs> Sorry, I've dear. already started. Yeah, so. What? <laughs> I'm on like halfway through chapter two now, so <laughs> it's all right. I'm like uh, two pages into the prologue. I don't know why I said what because I'm on chapter two. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, also, we are planning to have a guest on this stream. Uh, we're going to have uh, Mad Machad. Uh, he's actually been um, very excited about us um, doing Spider-Man. I think he actually recommended it at one point or said like, hey, please do Spider-Man. So um, we reached out to him. And so yeah, Chris from Mad Machad is going to be joining us next month for the Spider-Man stream. Yep, it's gonna be exciting. So um, that's going to do it for the Halloween novelization discussion with the hosts. So join us next month as we talk about Spider-Man 2002 by T Peter David. So awesome. Gucci. In okay, here are reasons to try a Nest mattress. One, they have a mattress for every kind of sleeper. Two, Nest offers free exchanges within a 100-night trial. And three, save hundreds on everything bedroom-related now through the summer at nestbedding.com. With MailChimp, you get more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales with things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools. Get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses.